to Expounded Universe, Season 18, Episode 6. I try to say goodbye and I choke. The book, Star Wars I Jedi, by Michael A. Stackpole. The year, 1998, Chapters 18 through 21, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! everybody welcome back to expounded universe i'm your host jeff joined as always by the other host of expounded universe john wow yeah oh <laughs> what an exciting time to be alive oh my goodness ha-cha-cha umboyaga <laughs> john boyega <laughs> yeah I would, I would have loved to hear that guy say john boyega <laughs> jimmy Durante. Oh. Jimmy Durante reading off the cast list of any Star Wars movie would be fine by me. You know, or just the names of any Star Wars characters. Any character. Fever to Boda. Therm Scissor Punch. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch that all day. Jedi Wana Needy Bobo. It's a great. So, so anyway, that's uh, that's the Jed- uh, the Jimmy Durante le- read Star Wars words out loud bit. Yeah, that's um, the... The famous Referencing bit. Jimmy Durante, a reference that was old when we were kids. Yeah, Jimmy Durante is one of those references now that you only get after you watch one of those like Looney Tunes episodes where they go to old Hollywood, and then you get mad and Google everybody in it. Where you're just like, who the fuck is that supposed to be? What the shit? That's how you find out nowadays. That's how you find out who Peter Lorre is. Yeah. You're like, who's the, weird, who's the little creep with the big wet eyes? He's always all like, hello, I am also here. You have to figure out who that fucking guy is. That's Peter Lorre. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then and then the guy going ha-cha-cha with the nose. Yeah, that's that's Jimmy Durante. They, that's how you figure it. I'm going to tell you, I don't know a fucking thing about old Hollywood. I just Googled up old Looney Tunes episodes to figure out who Lauren Bacall is. <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, all of our cultural knowledge coming from looney tunes as it should be <laughs> i mean <laughs> passed down through the generations what are the what's the other alternative we could watch a bunch of movies from the 40s Ugh. do you want to no, thank well, you. i already have to watch a bunch of movies i don't want to that's, that's right. right that's already my life <laughs> that's already a job i have and i don't <laughs> like it now watch now we're gonna get a bunch of re- like recommendations for like south pacific and shit <laughs> Too bad. Just don't put don't put any of that on the list. Hey, I'd like to put the Maltese Falcon on the list. Well, I'd like you to shut the fuck up, huh? How about that, buddy? I got enough Falcons in the rest of my work. <laughs> too many Falcons. Too many. Two millennium Falcons. Falcon. <laughs> so, how are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. Good. I got a decent amount of sleep, mm-hmm. even though we have sprung forward. Oh yes, I've. For a second, I had forgotten about the time change. Yes, the we time lost an hour. Give it back. <laughs> Quit changing time on me. <laughs> I can't even remember what it's for. I'm gonna have to Google the episode of Looney Tunes that made fun of it. <laughs> oh yeah, well every time someone tells you, it turns out that like, oh no, that was just some other bullshit thing that someone tried to come up with. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like something to do with farm. No, that's bullshit. That's bullshit? Oh, really? Yes. What is it for then? Everyone was like, oh, it's so that farmers could... No, it isn't. It was an attempt to try and... I mean, again, this is probably another bullshit thing that someone just came up with and everyone went, that sounds right. Yeah. But the one I had heard was it was 
essentially trying to save money. They were like, oh, if we make, uh, like, the I thought light it was to- later in the day, mm-hmm. that way people won't have their lights on oh, earlier so I that see. we can have money be saved. But then that didn't do any, like, yeah, how the records for, work? for power usage did not change at all. But by that point, they had already done it. So fuck it. Yeah, I'd always assumed it had something to do with farm energy. Like, it was about when you can run sprinklers and, and farm equipment yeah. in, in the day. Uh, and not not that it was, like, extra sa- daylight for plants, because that, of course, would make no sense. Plants don't know what time it is. No, and it was always just like, oh, it was for farmers. And, like, farmers are just going to get up at, you know, the sunrise. The, the it doesn't matter yeah. what the clock says. That's true. I mean, you can kind of just look at the couple states that don't fucking respect it, like Arizona. Just doesn't deal with it. No respect. No respect at all. And and are, are they doing fine? No. So, obviously, daylight's... <laughs> Clearly, daylight savings time net positive. Fucking around for an hour, <laughs> a couple times a year uh-huh. helps you out. I don't want to give Arizona an extra hour. They'll spend watching Tucker Carlson. <laughs> They're gonna, I don't know, form some sort of weird militia to go down and help at the border. Yeah, get bent most of Arizona. Anyway, Star Wars. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, this is uh, chapters eighteen through twenty-one. We are. Uh, still just right where we had been. Mara Jade had just arrived and Kieran Halcyon had revealed his true identity to her because he could tell that she was trying to figure it out with force powers and general investigation anyway. And he's like, all right, whatever. You've got a name. Yeah. You're, you're-, <laughs> you're an actual like player in the universe. I guess I'll tell you. You'll be in books past this one. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fine. Sure. So uh, so now him and her are friends. Indeed. Which is great because it was it had been a hot minute since he had described a woman's body for no reason. Ah. So thank goodness we got it. We we got another chance for him a to do that. Hot lady for him to be around and be like, ah, a hot lady. But I won't fuck her. I'm yeah. married. I'm married, and I'm sorry, faith- ladies. I'm faithful to my wife. I mean, this dude's head is just constantly that. It's just <laughs> him being proud of himself for noticing how hot everybody is, but then re- resisting the urges. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's basically my head being like, oh. Wow, that lady's real hot, but I'm not going to have sex with her because she wouldn't want to touch me. <laughs> See, I don't even need that back half. I can just be like, wow, that lady's super hot. Observationally. Anyway, what's going on? How we doing? <laughs> what's going on? Thumbs How's that butt? <laughs> thumbs up in my head. <laughs> hey, nice dumper. A floating thumbs up passes by my vision. Woo. <laughs> Once I said, hey, nice dumper, the, the, the uh, floating thumbs up just slowly turns over. Just, no, <laughs> no, no, don't, bro. <laughs> no, thumbs down. Watch that Gillette commercial. You know the one. Ah. All those people throwing their toilet, their uh, razors in the toilet. That one. The toilet razor. <laughs> Use new Gillette toilet razors. Watch, someone's going to tell me that was a shit commercial now. I don't fucking remember. I don't remember anything. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Oh, it was, um, okay, so there was that period when a couple of companies realized that if they, like, made a commercial that, that had progressive or liberal value to it, that it would cause all the right-wing weirdos to, like, burn their products and make videos about it. Uh-huh. Which ultimately is a commercial for their product again. Yeah. So whenever you know you see these Nike ones, they're like, "Oh, well, we're gonna have, do a Nike commercial, and it's gonna be all Colin Kaepernick. We're just gonna let him say whatever he wants, and it's fine. It's great. He's a cool dude. He got some neat ideas. But what's it cause? A bunch of people being like, you made a I mis- went out and bought these yeah. Nikes so that I could burn them.' And Nike's like, "Cool, thanks for the money. You made a mistake, Nike. Nike, Nike, Nike. I'm gonna say Nike a bunch of times. 
Watch as I throw all six pairs of shoes I already bought in the fire, Nike. You still get the money, Nike. <laughs> but the Gillette one, it was just like, hey, dudes, don't molest women. It was like the, it was like a hey. five-minute commercial. It was hey, just, dudes, don't do it. Like, you'd remember it primarily for, there's a meme that, that came out of it, which is a dude sees a woman walking by and starts going after her, and then the dude standing next to him puts his hand on his chest and is like, nah, bro. Yeah. Nah, you don't need to chase that lady. That's That was the commercial, and it led to a bunch of people being like, don't tell us how to raise our boys to not be to not be sexual abusers. We'll raise our kids however we want. And it led to that dude who threw his razor in the toilet and was like tweeting it at Gillette about it. And the world was like, that thing ain't going to flush, bro. You you have put yourself in a situation where, in order to make your point, you will have to put your hand in your toilet to get your razor again. <laughs> that won't flush, Monsignor. <laughs> so, anyway, sorry for the huge digression. I just, I think it's hilarious that that's, it, it seems to have slowed down now, but the thing where they were making, where uh, companies were like, wait a minute. Outrage clicks work as just as good as advertising as anything else we do. Let's just piss off right, right alt right weirdos. Yay! <laughs> They'll do the work for us. All right. So Mara Jade is his friend now, and and uh, other than a quick description of her rump, I, I think it's actually better than we've been getting with for poor Tion. Well, yeah, because. I think uh, he has to be, like, slightly less pervy about it, because even if it hasn't happened yet, this is way after the fact. So it's like, oh, she's going to end up with Luke Skywalker, so if I'm just sitting here perving on her, it's weird. Plus, he's married. I mean, that's, that, that's not going to change nah, throughout the course matter. of this book. <laughs> Look, you could be married and be like, nice, eh? Yeah, I know, I know. I, 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 there's nothing wrong with that, but, I mean, the the, I, the fact that they're not... I, I guess you're right. The fact that he's spending less time recognizing that Mara Jade's like, uh, we, we've seen less about her lissom figure or whatever than we have for all the other women in this book. Uh-huh. I feel like the other one who's managed to escape so far is Karana Tai, who I think probably just always has her Jedi cloak on and like keeps it that way. She's like, I don't want to hear about it. Don't want it. <laughs> don't need it. We're all Jedi, you know. We can all hear you thinking that. <laughs> You're thinking real loud. <laughs> it's getting very uncomfortable. We're going to complain to management. <laughs> <sighs> so, so the chapter starts mm. uh, basically the next day. Yes. Uh, and our our boy Cornhorn has been put in charge of making dinner because apparently he's the only one with any real culinary skills and... Luke wants to impress Mara Jade, I guess. <laughs> Honestly, uh, this sequence where we d we learn why Corn Horn can cook, I found a little insulting. It's very old man, like too smart for the world. Because uh, basically, he's like, "Well, no one else here can cook. In fact, Dorskady One can't even eat food. He just eats like compressed wafers because he's got weird clone body." Yeah, he has a weird physiology that makes it so he just eats like. Little, little food wafers. I, I love that his assumption is it's because he's a clone and not because, you know, he's like a weird yellow alien. Eh. Like, <laughs> there's not even a point where he's like, I wonder if his weird physiology is just, you know, that's what his people eat. Or if not, it's because he's the 81st of his name. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> he's seen multiplicity. He knows. <laughs> but he's like, hey, I may not be the best cook. It's not like I'm a trained cook or anything. But I did have to cook a lot as a cop for some reason. Eh. So... 
even then you can tell Stackpole realizes that's ringing hollow. So he's like, oh, there was a time where I was on a stakeout on a cruise ship and I made friends with a, with a cool chef that worked on it. Yeah, it was, I think it was that he was on the cruise ship because of his, uh, his super fancy lady that he ended up not being with forever. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah, and all of the rich people were talking about stuff, and I was like, no, thanks. I'm a down-to-earth fellow, so I went and talked to the chef. Mm -hmm. I found the nearest guy with stubble and a cigarette, and I was like, perfect. I like to hang around with guys like this. And the guy was like, get the fuck away from me, pig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then we get the very, like, dismissive of uh, culinary yes. ability where he's like, oh, and then he told me the four things that'll make people want your food. Give them tiny portions so that they'll always want to eat more. Yeah, if they if they want more, then they're going to uh, think that it was good because they want more to eat. Yeah. And if it's sure... supposed to be hot, give it to them cold. They'll think it's special. Yeah. Make sure you name it a special thing and tell them you made it special for them. And then they'll have to be some kind of asshole to not like it. And be sure you tell them that it's got uh, hints of various spices, but not enough that normal people would taste it. And they'll be so busy trying to figure out where that spice flavor is that they won't be able to complain because then everyone will say that they're a bore. Yeah, if they say, like, I can't t detect any of the dathomiri hypersaffron you put in this, then someone else at the table will be like, mm, but I can. Uh, I, I guess, guess it I'm, takes a refined palate. I guess I'm a super taster. Mm. Mm. I force tasted it. <laughs> I forced myself to but, taste it. But, I mean, it. ultimately it's just smug dismissal of food culture. Yeah. Which it feels very incongruous when attached to this guy being assigned to cook for these, like, humble Jedi students, you know, who've been eating nothing but rations for like a, like a month. And then he's like, well, if I just give them tiny portions of, of the same fucking rations, they'll think it's special. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like you need to drop your how to fleece rich people act when you're cooking for your fellow students. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I understand that he was like, oh, I'm trying to make a thing for to make Mara Jade think it's interesting. But I'm like, dude. You're making a meal for everyone. Just make a fucking meal for people. Just do it. Yeah, I don't need to hear your weird thoughts on on how everyone thinks food is so special, but it's not. Honestly, this just makes me glad that you never ended up dating that art and uh, genu lady from Corellia, because I do not want to hear your opinion on museums now. <laughs> you know, modern art. <laughs> you know, I could do that. A four-year-old could have made this piece. <laughs> Ah, uh, thank you. Jackson Pollock's just squiggling pain around. This is terrible. What a racket. <laughs> Man, I got into the wrong business. No <laughs> cop, you definitely got into the right one, you pig. Fucking pig. <laughs> Save me from hearing your Dire Straits thoughts. Dude, you... this guy's just a walking, talking, money for nothing video. This dude is boomer thoughts yeah. <laughs> on legs. <laughs> I'm glad you think that everyone who like actually really appreciates food or has food as a hobby is an idiot and a liar. Yeah. <laughs> I've times. tried hamburger. That's good. <laughs> Look, I've had a McDonald's burger, and that's all I need. <laughs> I mean, as a cop, I'm mostly just amazed that he has a palate that's refined in the slightest, because you think he wouldn't want one. He'd taste the spit. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Well, you know, today's Tom Sawyer. <laughs> one more, one more, one more. All he serves the rest of the Jedi students is boot leather. Hey! Okay, let's move on. Okay. 
But yes, it is him trying to make a meal. And the the weird thing is, he spends an entire page talking about how, like, oh, making real food is all about tricking people into thinking it's good when it's just crap. And then the rest of it is, anyway, so I actually did try and make something nice. <laughs> I took some of our garbage rations and, you know, put some sauce on it and tried to put a little bit of spice so it wasn't normal. Yeah, he wanted to have his cake and be smug about it, too. Yeah, it, that, that's pretty much what his goal was here. So but I mean, he pretty much is like, we only have ration bars. So I made a bread out of ration bars and we have this yellow grain stuff. So I made a heap of it and I put leaves on it. Yeah, I went and got some of those blue leaves from the blue leaf area. Yeah. And put them next to it. So at least the yellow, basically like oatmeal slash rice, whatever this is supposed to be, looks a little nicer. And thankfully, we never really have to hear about how the meal went over because I've heard enough about the meal to last me a lifetime. Uh, because as he's like wandering, he's already served the food, but as he's making his way through the hallway to the, the dining room to meet the other students, Kip comes bursting out of it and like shoulder chucks him Yeah, on his way to wherever he's going. Yeah, he just full on does the like, I'm an angry drunk frat guy and I'm just going to shoulder check you on my way past. Yeah. Hope you call me. Yeah. And uh, and so he's like, whoa, Kip, what's 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 the matter, dude? Hey, hey man. Hey, hey, man, what's the matter? And Kip ignores him at first. He's like, hey, hey, pay attention to me. I'm asking you what the mat what's the matter? He puts his hand on Kip's shoulder and Kip just whirls on him. Yes. And force slams him. Yeah. Gives him a force push into a wall. Uh, the first one, he manages to divert it with his. Well, he, at first, he's he basically dodges out of where he is force pushing. Yes. And also, he's still using his weird corn horn specific ability to absorb in incoming energy. And then use it to make a shield against more of that same energy. That seems to be his big one trick. Well, yeah, that was, it was like the first time he wheels on him and he just sort of dodges out of the way, but still gets clipped by it. Yes. And then he's like, hey, dude, why are you being such a dickbag? <laughs> hey, come on, don't, don't shoot force at me. And then he shoots more force. So he does the whole absorption and shield trick. And then he's like, oh, wait a minute. I know what's going on here. Hey, did you know Exar Kuhn is a little bitch baby? Yeah. He's and he like, drove his baby car around St. Babysburg. Well, he makes a very strong point where he's like, I don't know what you're trying to accomplish, but I would point out that this is the planet where Jedi showed up to kick Exar Kuhn's ass. And succeeded. He's dead. He died here. This Ex is where he died. Exar Kuhn got his shit pushed in by Jedi. Here, in his seat of power. <laughs> he made an entire planet to amplify his power. Mm -hmm. And then he died like a baby. Yeah. Like a little bitch baby. Yeah. And and uh, this is the point where, where Exar Kuhn is more or less mind-jacking Kip Duran. Oh, yeah. So he's just like, what are you going to do about it, puny Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> and so then Exar Kuhn just sort of like channels his power through Kip. Mm -hmm. And even with trying to absorb power and making a shield, it's still enough to just knock him completely unconscious yeah and and pushes him so hard that the edges of the shield he's making are being crushed into the wall and like leaving a circular ring shape in the wall yeah it's a, it's a big move but you also get some kip being like no one no one here has anything left to teach me no that is, you are not my master and neither is he my true master is herkadurka yeah and uh then he stomps off and when uh when Cornhorn comes to there's all the other jedi around you're like what the hell what happened? He's like, Kip Duran. I don't know what's going on, man. That guy's nuts. But Luke. Well, yeah, he's like, hey, Luke, can I uh, talk to you for a minute? Can we have a private conversation? And immediately, 10 other Jedi trainers, trainees try and stand up and leave. And Luke's like, no, 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 no. I will go to another room with him. No, we are going to the kitchen mm -hmm. and we will talk about this. Now, Luke already made this mistake. 
because he was like, hey, Gantoris, we had a lightsaber fight because you're obviously evil and possessed by a dark side monster. But hey, why don't you just run into the woods and then go to bed? No problem. Have fun, buddy. And so it's I'm weird. sure you'll work it out. So here he is again doing the exact same thing. Well, at least with this one, I was like with the Gantoris one, he was like, oh, Gantoris felt bad about it. He felt repentant. Like there was a point where he was like, oh, OK, he. He isn't, like, lost to the dark side. He lost control for a moment. I understand that. Yeah. But this one was like, what happened? Uh, Kip fully embraced a fucking ancient Sith Lord Mm -hmm. and almost murdered this guy. The other thing was nobody could feel him channeling all of this force power. Like, they, when they came and found him in the next room. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, we felt a disturbance in the force. It was just like, oh, we heard your dumb body fall. <laughs> yeah. So uh so Luke's like uh what happened? He's like uh, Kip Durand did all this and Luke's first first question is, "Oh, did you provoke him? You shouldn't have provoked him." <laughs> and it's like, "Dude, he, ch- he shoulder checked me in a hallway and then fucking And then I very him. nicely put a hand on him and was like, "Hey, are you okay, man?" And then he attempted to beat the shit out of me. Yeah, he tried to kill me a bunch of times and Luke was like, "Yeah, you shouldn't have fucking fucked with him. What's wrong with you? He needs to work this shit out on his I'm own. Like, hey, Luke, maybe don't victim blame here. Yeah, you know what? Maybe we can we, we could have this conversation, or we could go talk to his charred ass, crispy hulk of a corpse in his room. <laughs> I mean, remember last week? Remember? Yeah, you remember when being like, "Don't worry, he'll work through it." Worked out real well. Yeah. <laughs> but Luke, the the thing with Luke is that Luke is not sure how to teach these kids. He doesn't know how to reach these kids. And, and so his his natural inclination consistently is don't get involved. Like, you got to let these kids, the the, uh, the ones who are flirting with this dark side thing, make their own decisions. Yeah. And at that point, fucking Corrin's uh, like, all right, so are you worried about trying to redeem like Exar Kuhn? Is that what this is about? Yeah, he spins into this whole thing about how Luke failed with his dad, so now he's trying to succeed with a random force ghost he can't perceive. Yeah, he's like, look, did, did you think that, like, you fucked up somehow in trying to redeem him? Yeah. And you think, like, oh, maybe maybe if you had done more and now you're trying to do some weird shit? Like- I think he th- the idea is that if Luke had figured it out and redeemed him sooner instead of, like, jumping off the gantry on Bespin. If he just stayed there, well, you know, like Luke, you know, if he'd been like, no, I am your father. And huh. Luke had been like, oh, that's interesting. Let's huh. dialogue about that. Have you considered the good guy side? Huh. Interesting. Instead of like, no, I'll throw myself down this tube. <laughs> yep. That's my favorite way to rebel against my parents is to throw myself down a tube. And then go, gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> Tubular. <laughs> literally (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah so cornhorn basically is guessing here that luke is slow to react on the exarcoon problem area because he's got a bunch of bundled up vader shit still in his head yeah he's like look man you you didn't know your dad you had a lot of questions about them when you did find out about your dad you found out he was like history's greatest monster and then he died and just barely got redeemed at the end. Yeah. And you're trying to be like, oh, well, I need to try and redeem something without it being murdered. But it was already 4,000 years dead now. My dude, chill. (laughs) 
I mean, I would not have gone in that direction had I been. I, I would have been like, all right, I get it, Luke. You're trying to have a light hand because you don't want to fuck up. Like, if this guy goes full dark side, at least you didn't, like, fuck up um, along the way. If you let him do it entirely himself, then it won't be your fault. Yep. That's and, where my mind went. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, he's at one of those places where he's like, all right, if I try and go up to him and be like, hey, so I see you're uh, definitely 100% controlled by the dark side. Yeah. All that's going to do is have him be like, fuck you, old man. You don't know me. And he's like, if I go confront him, a confrontation will push him further into the dark side. Yeah. However, if I do nothing, then Exarcoon just gets to do whatever the fuck he wants. So Luke is definitely at a point where he's like, man, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know what to do, man. <laughs> well, here's a couple of good ideas. Maybe it's a bad idea to set up your school so that there's no ships or anything on it anywhere. Yeah. Well. Where you're like isolated in the wilderness eating ration bars. There's no reason for you to have done that something this primitive for your school. You know, Jedi schools are allowed to have ships coming in and out. Because... Yeah, but I trained on Dagobah <laughs> with just food bars. I'm just saying, all he had to do was go knock Kipteron unconscious and get him the fuck off planet. Because obviously Exarcoon is powerful on this planet. Just just go over to him and be like, hey, what's up, buddy? Kipteron, look at you. You're all dark sidey and everything here. I'm just going to cut the oxygen off to your brain for a minute. Okay, great. Now you're unconscious. Let's put you in the ship's in the school's ship and take you out of Yavin 4's orbit. What? And uh, and well, what do you know? You're fine. Oh, hey, yeah, what do you know? <laughs> or we could go with this option. Get mad at Corrin Horn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> the fact that he's just like, I am angry at you for suggesting I should do something about this. Mm -hmm. And at least Corrin is like, man, you should, though. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I don't know what your plan is, but you should have one. Well, he basically tries the conciliatory route where he's like, look, Luke, I get it. You're trying to, like, redo the whole dad thing. I've been there. I had a whole situation back on Corsac or whatever. I'm sure you're sick of hearing my boring cop stories, but get a load of this one. But anyway, you and I aren't so different, Luke. <laughs> but yeah, the, the conversation basically ends with him being like, all right, so your plan is to let him work it out on himself? Yep. All right, man, let me know if you need anything. And then cuts to him going, well, I fucked up. I should have pushed this further because uh, Kip just stole the Z-95 headhunter. That was Mara Jade's. Yeah, Mara is the only person who arrived in her own ship, and it was still parked here. So there was one ship on the whole planet, a single seat fighter. Yep. And uh, <laughs> Kip steals it. And <laughs> Kip fucks off with it. And of course, Mara's mad as hell. Mara is so pissed off. And... You know, Corrin's like, man, <laughs> fucking told this guy. God damn it. <laughs> so now we got as we hear the ship taking off, Corrin goes racing outside to see what the fuck just happened. And uh, he sees the Z-95 blasting through the atmosphere and he sees Mara Jade standing there along with Luke. So he's like, well, I know who stole that then. <laughs> yeah. So Luke is basically trying to be conciliatory. He's like, yeah, you know, he needs to go do some shit for himself. Like. We have to let him work this out. We have to let him solve his own problems. We have to let him be someone else's problem for a while. <laughs> and Mara's like, I'm, I'm going to go after him. And, you know, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> Goran's like, uh, you can't. She's like, what do you mean? I can't. I can do whatever I want. No, I mean, literally, you can't. There are no other ships here. There are no you are stuck. And she's like, what the fucking two of you? Neither. There's no X-Wings here. Yeah. She's just like, 
what kind of dumbass idiot plan was it to have a planet like this and no way off of it? You know what? Great question. I don't know who it was who was deciding to do the Jedi training fucking cold turkey like this, but it's stupid. Also, the second we found out that there was some sort of evil presence here, we probably should have gone, all right, everybody pack your shit, we're out. <laughs> Let's find one of the hundreds of thousands of different planets that exist in let's, this galaxy. Let's be re realistic. We are on Yavin 4 for nostalgia reasons. Yeah. Let's go to Dantooine. Let's go to someplace else. Any, anywhere. It's Literally fine. wherever. You want some nostalgia? Let's go to fucking Tatooine and hang around in Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru's charred-ass house. <laughs> you want to... <laughs> You want to get back to your roots of training, Luke? Go to fucking Dagobah. Mm-hmm. Who I mean, cares? Dagobah also has an evil dark side thing on it. Well, I mean, there's a lot of planets with a little weird dark side thing on you it. You just set up on the other end of Dagobah. You just go to, yeah, like, the like, Australia. Oh, the little, yeah. Like, look, the uh, little dark side portal is over on this continent. Yeah. We went to another one. We went to Dagobah, Australia. <laughs> and <laughs> it's fine. Way less dark side. Yeah. <laughs> Way more swamp kangaroos. Oh, no, Swamp Kangaroos. <laughs> swamp <laughs> But uh, this is the point where basically Corrin is like, okay, well, yeah, sorry, there are no there are no ships here. A supply ship is coming in a week. You can you can do whatever you need to do then. In the meantime, could hey, you man, do it was just a C-95. It's not like the sun went supernova. One up, womp, one up, womp. Kip's going to murder <laughs> billions of people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Mara Jade's like, yeah, it wasn't just a Z-95. It was... A spaceship. It was my ticket out of here if I need to get out of here. You don't understand how much I value my freedom for my 30 years of spending my life under the full mind control of the fucking emperor. Yeah. Look, I came here because I was like, this might be what I need to do, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to fully have to be like, no, I'm stranded here. I need an out. Yeah, that was an important aspect. That was my safe word, and he just flew away with it. Yeah. Uh, it... <laughs> And yeah, we're still getting the, the problem with this book is that people keep presenting Corrin Horn with their problems. And then we just get these long speeches about how he used to live on Corellia yeah. over and over again. So this time he's like, she's like, look, I was the emperor's hand for a long time. I always need an out. That's the way I live my life now. Yeah, I don't. I have spent so long essentially being a slave that I value my freedom so highly mm -hmm. that not having the ability to leave, even if I planned to stay is fucked up for me. Yeah, it is one of my no-no places, and it's irritating to me that you're trying to argue with me about it. And he's like, well, you know, as a police officer, she's like, shut the fuck up. One? Just shut the fuck, fuck you. Fuck up, because I'm about to tell you how you've had it easy your whole life. Yeah, look, you had your whole life planned out with loving parents and family. Mm -hmm. You came from a line of Corsac people, were able to just go to Corsac, and then you could go hang out with a bunch of friends in Rogue Squadron. Because you and knew then, Wedge. And then, hey, what do you know? Turns out you're a Jedi. Now you can just go to a school for Jedi. And you can tell that you basically have had a life where everything's going to turn out okay because you're a cool hero. Because even though your wife has been captured somewhere, you're like, oh, it's fine. I'm a hero. I'll save her after I learn how to be a Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have the anxiety that I do from essentially being part of the bad guys and watching everything around you get destroyed and your entire life become meaningless. And it's not like she went to school to be the Emperor's hand. He found an orphan somewhere, or yeah, he might have made an orphan somewhere. <laughs> And 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 then was like, great. This one has enough force power to be my my hand. Let's let's get this shit done. 
make sure we train her to be super hot. You know, I don't like hanging out with. <laughs> I don't want to have like my hand be a four. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I want at least an eight. That's that's exactly I'm, I, after Gethzerion. <laughs> I got an image to to maintain. <laughs> but yeah, he essentially the chapter ends with Corn being like, "Look, I'm sorry. So, okay. I get it. I get it." You've had a real fucked up, shitty life, and, you know, he can't let it go. He's like, no, of course, being able to be a cop and then a secret Jedi and a big hero hasn't all been roses, but I'll set that aside for now. (laughs) And you're like, oh, how gracious of you. You know, as a cop, I once had to have a long argument with a different emperor's hand, and uh, (laughs) one thing he taught me is that art is all pretentious bullshit. But yeah, it's essentially they come out the other end is like, oh, all right, fine. I guess we can be, you know, semi-friends. I'll go running with you is essentially how the chapter yeah. ends of Mara's like, I heard you run. Can I go running with you? And he's like, I'll warn you. I I do a really I hard, go hard run. And she's like, oh, I'll sake. fuck your shit up. <laughs> and that's the end of the chapter. I like how she's just like, look, if you set the pace, I'll run the race. It's fine. I'll deal. <laughs> and you know, in her mind, she's like, this fucking guy, <laughs> this motherfucker let me remind you who and what i am (laughs) one more time (laughs) but sure enough she goes running with him and yeah because she's fucking the best trained imperial secret agent there ever was yeah she's She's not only (laughs) an amazingly trained agent but is also super powerful force user already she's like yeah no whatever you do i'm doing it way better than you and i will beat you in every single race we have fuck you I'm awesome. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they end up being training pals now. Um, they go running together in the mornings and Cam is training both of them on lightsaber stuff because they are slightly ahead of most of the rest of the class. Yeah. As far as, you know, battle stuff goes. Yes. So so the two of them are working together in the lightsaber training arena. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much where our next big whole thing happens. Which is that uh, Cam Solusar takes the two of them. And starts training them in uh, more of that deflecting stu- drone shot stuff. Uh, except in this case, Marjade is already way better than than uh, Cornhorn will ever actually be at this. And so can always do more drones. And uh, now they're working in the dark. So so Cam's got them both with lightsabers standing in an, a pitch dark room uh, with like seven drones shooting at the, at the pair of them. Yeah. Maybe eight. I don't remember. It's no, a crap it's- load of drones. We do have one little scene before that. But, oh, sure. Uh, Go ahead. Fire away. No, just <laughs> very important, though, is uh, we get, you know, some information about like, yes, Mara Jade is great at running and, you know, we've been training in lightsaber stuff and she's just better than me baseline because she's great. Yeah. Uh, and then I go over to Luke and Luke's like, hey, man. Uh, so as you can see, I have a steaming pile of uh, liquid goo here. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. I thought that it happened later. But yes. Yeah. Uh, this uh, was the holocron. Mm-hmm. No more out, Bodo boss. <laughs> turns out I, I tried to ask in a roundabout way about Exar Kun by asking about his uh, the like person who trained him, his master. Vodo mm-hmm. Siosk boss. <laughs> turned out uh, Exar Kun murdered him on the floor of the senate hall Mm -hmm. and then was like peace bitches i'm out and evil (laughs) but pretty much right as i learned that the holocron caught on fire and i could see a laughing man's face in the smoke yeah so you know 
maybe it's Exarcoon. I'm like, yeah. God damn it. Now I'm like 5% sure Exarcoon is here. <laughs> uh, Luke, get on the next transport and get the fuck off this planet. What is wrong with you? Yeah, there is very clearly evil shit happening. Stop being here. Why bother risking it? Uh, is there anything about these temples that's so special that you can't do this shit on a random different planet? No. In fact, there's something about these temples that's so special. You should do it on a different planet. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is when we find out that the Holocron is no longer. Uh, it's been burned out of existence. And uh, this is the he's the first person to learn about this besides Luke. Tion, of course, is going to be crushed. That was like 90% of her job. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, even then, he's like, well, I don't know. 4,000 years is a long time. Maybe it's just someone who is pretending to be Exarcoon. Maybe it's one of Exarcoon's disciples who lived 3,900 years, died recently, and was possessed by the ghost of a different guy who was also Exarcoon. It's like, what if Exarcoon had a secret following, mm -hmm. and then one of his 4,000-year-later guys was like, no, I'm Exarcoon now. <laughs> Look at me. I am the commissar. <laughs> and then he's the one corrupting Kip. And <laughs> well, if all the evidence I'm, I've taken into consideration so far lines up, then we can safely arrest Red Herring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, at this point, Luke is having real sad times as well because he's like oh no oh, I've, I've i failed up. kip well, and he's like no dude kip failed you he fucked up yeah yeah uh and it's gonna get worse for him in, a, in, in about a week uh so so yeah we learned that there's no longer a uh a, a holocron subplot that's over yeah. now we can cut to the lightsaber fight where uh the two of the where, where mara jade and, and and uh kier and halcyon have to stand back to back while drones shoot lasers at them Yep. Although this keeps describing when it shoots at them as darts. I know that means little blaster bolts, but to me it feels like it's shooting little physical things at them. Oh, right? every he time it talks about like, and then a little dart shot out here and it hit me in the leg, I'm like, so what is this, nerf? What are we doing here? <laughs> are those pointy? Do they have suction tips? What are we talking about? I they always <laughs> think fucking nerf darts every time. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird that they keep saying that. And apparently they hurt like hell when they hit you, so I mean... Oh, yeah. I mean, the dart itself, it feels like instead of it being a blaster bolt that would, like, blow your fucking hand off, mm -hmm. they're hitting you with, like, little stun bolts. Yes, that's exactly what it is. They're just stings. Yeah, the little stun darts. Yeah. Uh, but they are, they are, they, they hurt like hell, and they get worse the more you get hit with them. So you can be knocked unconscious by these things if you lose long enough. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when it starts, they're just kind of you know in a giant dark room where the only light is their lightsabers mm -hmm. there's a bunch of these things going around and half of them are like there's a point based system here where half of the droids are like one of them and the other half are for the other one and you get points for blocking but if your droid hits anyone then you lose a point mm -hmm. why is this point based anyway what are they going to earn a pizza party at the end of the week <laughs> just so you know, nothing helps Jedi better than healthy, weird competition. <laughs> it's such an odd choice to say that this had a point system. Yeah, especially because, I mean, the end of this scene, there's it doesn't matter and we don't talk about it. I mean, this is even a school where, like, you wake up when you want. Yeah. And you go to class if you want. And yet we're still like, how do we do the lightsaber training? Oh, well, okay. So you get one point per block. 
you also lose one point per failed block that hits someone other than you. Now, if you manage to block four in a row, that activates ultra score mode. <laughs> uh, now, if you block three before the other person blocks one, you get a turkey. <laughs> What, is that like a scoring term? No, you get a turkey. They're free. I have 458 turkeys. <laughs> Look, I got I got a butterball truck crash landed here. and uh... <laughs> This is not something the Jedi Council would have taught you, but turkeys are free. <laughs> free turkeys. <laughs> uh, so, yes, they fight. And at first, they're doing fine. You mm -hmm. know, they're back to back. They're doing their blocks and whatnot, and it ends up being, you know, a little harder because at one point, Corrin's like, oh, you know, I blocked a few of them, and I can tell that one is coming in, and I would normally just, you know, move my lightsaber behind me to block the one that's coming in, but if I did that, I would slice through Mara Jade. Yeah. So he's like, I gotta jump over her and then slice at a thing coming in you know instead of trusting that mara jade would get yeah, the one that's coming at her if it's coming from behind you it's coming at mara jade you've got to just trust that she'll deal with it yeah that's why she's there exactly as soon as he was like well one's shooting at mara but i gotta get it and i'm like dick no, no that don't. was a bad choice because the moment now he... you jump up and mm -hmm. go get it and then three <laughs> darts come from what would have been firing at you at Mara Jade's back. Yeah. So she has to spin around and try and get those. And she doesn't quite get there. She manages to block a few of them, but one gets her square in the butt. Yeah. It's like, dude, you fucked everything up by being like, no, I should get all of these. I got to get all these darts. Like, it's it's a weird choice on his part. We get to see how both of them are badasses with lightsabers. Like, obviously, Mara Jade, who I think has Luke's original saber. I don't know. I forget the story behind that. Um, I know she has a blue saber. She's she's traded out her old red one for a blue one. And I think it's, I think she took it off Luke. Like the the three the two ah, Luke. the two the two use Luke ah the two use Luke <laughs> not the three use Luke. I, I think she. I'm not sure, but I think she did. Uh, but we get a description of how Corin is doing a complicated move and switches to one handed saber in his left hand, and then like. He's like, well, I can I can hold it here, but I'm not left-handed. This is a bad idea. Yeah. Because if I mess up with this thing, it's not like it's going to bonk me on the head like a horny stick. It's going to cut my head open. Yeah. So I got to get my hands back on it. Yeah. The problem is that it is so light and easy to use that, sure, I could flip this around in my hand, no problem. But if I do that, I am probably going to murder myself. So his stupid showboating force jump starts a uh, a downward spiral for their 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 exercise session they manage to block a few more of the darts but at this point they keep constantly taking dart hits and eventually jade takes so many that she falls to the ground unable to keep fighting yeah she manages to take like the one to her butt immediately after you know corin fucks up entirely mm -hmm. and then you know corin takes one to the side and they're just sort of slowly losing ground and she passes out essentially from pain drops the lightsaber and it turns off and horns like i've got to defend her and so he well, yeah, like because like three darts are coming in on her already unconscious body and he's yeah. like all right i can't so he blocks two of them with his saber and then he reaches out and takes one on the hand yeah he just sort of grabs a blaster bolt and is like ow yeah now part of it is described as him being like oh okay i'll use my weird my one weird trick that jedi don't want you to know about to absorb the blaster energy and use it to uh, to strengthen myself against fu future blasters. So he does his absorb energy, I'm Bishop thing uh, on that one. But it, it's still, 
you know, visibly hurts him and causes him to no longer be able to fight with that hand for a while. Yeah, and, and then he just gets shot to pieces. Now, he's backed into a corner trying to block lightsabers and or uh, blasters, and even as he's trying, his saber gets knocked out of his hand, skitters across the room, but does not unignite. I guess this doesn't have a dead man switch. Uh, and we we need that because there needs to be enough light in the room for him to see what's happening. Because hmm. the next thing that happens is that Mara Jade gets up and comes over to try and help him. Well, they shut off the thing before any of this happens. Uh, yeah, okay. They, they turn off the training program because both of them are down. Yeah. And uh, Cam's like, hey, good job, guys. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's hey, like, you did you did pretty good. And they're like, really? And he's like, we're down. And he's like, yeah, you didn't do good enough. Yeah, he's like, you did good. Not good enough. <laughs> good enough would have been you're not down. Yeah. But he was like, yeah, you know, it's pretty ne- decent for being in the dark trying to fight off eight different things that are shooting blaster bolts at you and i specifically programmed them to do weird patterns mm-hmm. so that like other droids would block certain droids so that you couldn't quite tell where any of them were yeah yeah so this is uh, it's a great training exercise and it more, more or less just serves to reinforce the connection between mara jade and corn horn yeah and this is where we get the like Oh, why did you, you know, reach out and grab that fucking blaster bolt thing for oh, me? Oh, right. And he's like, because we all would have done that. You would have done that for me. Like, and and that's the moment sure where, she's, where she's like, no, I wouldn't. That's not where my training was. <laughs> you sure I would do that? He's like, yeah, because we're friends. It's like, I don't really have friends. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this type of anime, but I'm one of those who says I don't have any friends. You're the one who says, no, you're always my friend. And we're going to argue about this for yeah, a while. Yeah, you're... <laughs> You're the Naruto to my Rock Lee. <laughs> it's not a position you want to be in. Well, actually, I guess it'd be the other way around there. Or, or the Naruto to Sasuke would probably be a better connection. Yes. Yes. All right. So I just like Rock Lee more than Sasuke. Well, that's fine. You should. Yeah. I've never watched an entire episode of Naruto in my entire life, and I prefer Rock Lee to basically everyone. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, at the end, she does kind of go, yeah, I guess at this point I probably would have. But ultimately, no hay is made out of him being like, yeah, I've got a special super force power where if I just absorb the energy, I can do cooler shit with it. But it's not like he was able to go, oh, it hit me and nothing happened. He's like, I absorbed some of it, but it still blasted my fucking hand. Even then, still, I I took the hit to my hand and absorbed some of it, so it didn't even do as much damage, versus it hitting you in the unconscious head. I mean, even outside of the selfless thing, it was still the smart tactical choice. (laughs) Yeah, but she's like, oh, you should have just taken care of yourself because... Having your hand blasted meant you couldn't then defend yourself as well. Hmm. He's like, yeah, but, you know, I just tried to save you because you're my friend. And they have the whole friendship conversation about what's magic and what isn't. Which is going to go great when the very next chapter starts with her having already pieced off the planet. Hey, I'm going to fuck off. (laughs) We get to see it in flashback, but at the start of the next chapter, she's gone already. (laughs) Yep. I love that we have two chapters where it's like, one is, uh, I made a meal for Mara Jade because she's super special and Luke likes her. And then uh, Kip fucked off. Next one. Now I'm friends with Mara Jade, even though she has a rough exterior. We eventually got to the point where she was like, yeah, maybe you're my friend. And then she fucked off, too. I mean, it makes sense because part of this book's eventually, uh, presumably, going to have to be about the rescue of Mirax Tarek, who is not even on Yavin 4. So we can't keep doodling around on Coruscant and Yavin. <laughs> Oh, I love the fact that this book, like in between chapters, 
other books have happened. Yes, it keeps skipping huge chunks of other books, and we don't even know how often, a lot of the time we don't know how long has passed. It's weeks, usually, between some of these chapters. Yep. This time it wasn't weeks, because she leaves on the very, the very first opportunity she gets, she fucks off. She, uh, the next person to come down and visit on the planet and drop off provisions is the Millennium Falcon with Luke and Lando. Yep. Uh, oh, sorry, with Han and Lando. And uh, she leaves with them. <laughs> yeah, as soon as they get there, she's just like, oh, sweet. Like, he finds her in her room uh, when he's about to go running. Mm-hmm. He's like, so are we going running? And she's like, well, I'm running somewhere. <laughs> yeah, she sees him back in her. We didn't mention it in the last episode, but she has a chameleon jumpsuit. That yeah. changes color. Wherever she has she- a cool special and PC jumpsuit <laughs> yeah. rather than these boring people. Yeah. So when she's wearing her flight suit, it changes color to match her surroundings so she isn't as noticeable. Great. Yeah. Just what you need yeah. in a flight suit. It's, it's definitely what you want in a flight suit, especially if you don't have a matching helmet and you have famously flame red hair. <laughs> I love the idea of a chameleon flight suit with nothing else covering your hands, feet, or head, <laughs> and also it's a flight suit while you're in a spaceship and no one can see you anyway. <laughs> no one knows I'm in this spaceship. <laughs> Everyone looks in that spaceship and just sees a floating red head. <laughs> what, what the fuck is this? Who cares? <laughs> but yeah, she's like, yeah, no, I'm kind of running. I'm, I'm getting off planet. And he's like, what? Are you seriously giving up already? And she's like, Okay, first of all, you don't get to frame it like that, you piece of shit. I'm already as fully accomplished in everything that's being taught here. I came here because I already did all these lessons, but I did them in dark side. Yeah, I basically came here to to change from dark to light. I don't need to learn how to do things. I need to learn how to do them in a different way. Yeah. I learned that. And I have responsibilities elsewhere. Yeah, because her whole deal is that she's strongly connected to, like, a, a smuggler's union. That was what she fell into when the Emperor died. Uh, when the emper- when the Emperor passed, she ended up working for uh, a boost, uh, no, uh, a Talon Card. Yeah. And, and, and uh, through him, she's kind of progressed into the smuggler world to the point where she's responsible for uh, the, the smugglers have now kind of gone halfway legit and are in consistent communication with the New Republic. So she works for the smuggler aspect of that relationship, and she feels like she's missing out on responsibilities to it. She just wanted to make sure that she can work this light side stuff without losing her goddamn mind. Yeah. And she manages to explain it in a way that Horn gets by being like, yeah, I, I was burning fuel. Like, I was burning the wrong kind of jet fighter fuel. Yeah, it was basically like, look, I changed from a fuel that burns hot and makes me go fast to one that doesn't but won't ruin the engine Mm -hmm. and you know he's like all right great but the other reason he gets it is i have responsibility and i know you have this whole thing about responsibilities Mm -hmm. so i feel i need to take care of this Mm -hmm. and you know i'm not giving up i'll even you know probably come back yeah and I mean, there's definitely a point where she points out, like, you're eventually going to leave too. get off your high horse. You're not going to stay here all year. Your wife's missing. Yeah. The whole point of this was so you could go find Mirax. And he's like, actually, yeah, about that. Since you're going over to smugglers, if you hear anything, yeah. let me know. Yeah. And she's like, fine, I'll do that for you. But, you know, Mara Jade's not the type who does selfless stuff. So she's like, transactionally, here's the deal. You keep an eye on Luke because I've seen him like this before. Because Luke is real sad. Yeah. And he's done dark side shit in the past. Like he, during the whole Emperor Reborn crisis, oh boy, he, he went all dark, Luke. So, yeah. And, you know, she's like, you don't know this because you haven't gone dark side or know very much about the Force or anything like that. But 
he is traumatized and wounded by this. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's back on the light side, and that's fine and all. And it takes Corrin having to do a thing where he's like, oh, yeah, I get it. It's like if someone shoots you point blank with a blaster and then you go into a back to tank, yeah, your scars are healed. But the fact that someone shot you point blank mm-hmm. fucks you up. Yeah. He basically ha- realizes that Luke has trauma. And for the first time ever, he's not just like, I wonder if I could solve that problem with a long rambling story about how I'm a good cop. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit. Luke has PTSD. Okay. I get it. <laughs> Fine. I get that. That is a that is a legitimate thing I get from my two previous careers. <laughs> yeah. From being in cops and also robbers. army. I, from <laughs> cops and robbers and then army men. My two <laughs> professions I had as a child running around. Yeah. And now here I am doing night. What's next? Cowboy? Yep. <laughs> dinosaur owner. Cowboy dinosaur owner. <laughs> Don't own dinosaur cowboys. That's not polite. Ah. <laughs> they belong to the West. <laughs> they belong free, running <laughs> through the wind. Uh, and also, a- as she's leaving, he's like, oh, and one more thing. Since you're dealing with smugglers, if any of them have a big cache of, you know, reasonably edible food and not the shit we have here you know where to send them hmm, hmm, and she's like hmm. thanks i do do i do know that yes yes i am aware <laughs> i've eaten here for a week now by the time we get to luke luke is a mess because he's like it's all coming apart now literally the next chapter is well, in this chapter yes go ahead it's basically we get this flashback to when she left but we start the chapter with her having already left and uh <laughs> Gorin has Made it so that he's like, hey, I challenge you, Luke Skywalker, Mm -hmm. to a duel. We must have a duel. Because I want to get your mind off of, like, moping and back on concentrating on things. Uh, Obviously, because it's an idea that Corrin Horn had, we have to have a whole long story about how it worked once when he was a cop. Look, back when my dad died and I was sad and I was just going through the motions, they took me out to a bar full of, like, swoop gangs and mean bikers and then had me sing a song loudly after getting drunk about how much bikers suck and then we got in a huge fight with them which seems like it would have been stupid but i have to remind you that all of us were cops which means that if any of the bikers got too out of line we arrested them and hustled them into prison so ultimately i abused my power a bunch and it helped me to feel better about myself right well, Luke? Mo- mostly it's just i got the shit kicked out of me and <laughs> as soon as that happened i was like yeah no i mean i understand that that's the way it- I- i'm just saying the underlying story about how a cop went to a biker bar and picked a fight to feel better about something is and then those those, those bikers got fucked by the system <laughs> <laughs> but i like that he's like okay i need to challenge luke to a lightsaber fight mm-hmm. because i'm going to beat him up and i'm like what do you think you're gonna do oh, man there's a point during this lightsaber fight where horn finally checks himself because at the beginning, he's just like, all right, Luke, you and I are going to have a lightsaber fight so we can suss out some stuff. And Luke is so rattled by everything, by Gantoris' death, by Kip leaving, and now by Mara leaving, because he doesn't understand why Mara left, uh, that he's just like, I'm failing. It's all falling apart. I can't do this. I'm not a real teacher. Uh, <laughs> and so he's all, like, distracted. So when the fight starts, Horn's coming at him and actually managing to get in under his defenses and press well, like, him back. And Luke and he, starts with just being bored with it, because yeah. he's like, I'm so good at this. That when Horn comes at him, he's like, block, 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 don't yeah. care. And then Horn starts using his secret weapon, which is that he knows how to fight besides lightsaber fighting. Yeah, so he's like, oh, I'll 
do a swing in there, and then I'm just going to kick you in the legs. Yeah, so he just keeps knocking him down and doing leg like, sweeps and I'm stomach kicks. Hit you in the face with the handle of the lightsaber. Yeah. He's like, hey, dude, fucking pay attention to this. Shoulder chucks him into the chin so that he his teeth clack shut. And eventually, <laughs> after like the second time he knocks Luke down, he's like, Luke, it, he has a cool line. He's like, look. Luke, if you're not going to respect me, at least respect the training that Cam's given me, would you? Yeah. And and, and this is the point where you see Luke kind of do the, the wipe the spit off and stand up thing. And as Corrin comes in again, he just runs into a force wall and gets shoved backwards. Yeah, he like breaks his nose on a force field yes. and is like, oh, okay, oh, you woke up. Oh, right. I forgot. And there's a point in this fight where he's like, He's like, Luke's never really had to fight monsters the way I have as a cop. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and then he starts- I sh- yeah, I should have never let Luke take point on the Exar Kun thing, because that guy's a monster, and I know monsters because I work the mean streets. Now, Luke's never fought a real monster, I'll tell you that. And that is he run- breaks his nose on a force wall, and Luke starts coming at him all savage. He's like, oh, oh, I forgot about Vader and the Emperor. And, and also, also the Emperor again. <laughs> and the Emperor again. And like 17 more books we probably just won't go into. Oh yeah, that's right. He fought history's greatest monsters. <laughs> he also had to fight Joris Sabaoth, uh himself. <laughs> this dude's been through a lot. And he, there's a point where, where Horn literally in his mind is like, oh shit, I just realized how arrogant I've been the past few weeks. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but I also like they have some good banter back and forth where, you know, after he's been getting some good like punches and kicks instead of just lightsaber fights in Luke's like, man, I just was never really rough and tumble. I was more of a, you know, racer than I was a fighter in Mm -hmm. my youth. And he's like, well, then maybe you better be a Jedi racer instead of a Jedi knight, you bitch. Let's go. (laughs) I've heard spinning's a good trick. Yeah, Horde is just goading him until he manages to be like, come on, man, do it. Yeah. Come at me, bro. And, you know, one of the night, Luke has been a little lost in the weeds throughout the course of this book, Part of partially because it's all in, in Corrin Horn's head, so we don't really get a chance to see what Luke is up to, but it has presented Luke as sort of a little bit daffy and a little bit disconnected from the from the reality of the situation he's facing. But, the, but during these two conversations, the one post Kip's a t- uh, little little uh, hallway attack and this lightsaber fight he keeps calling horn out on his random avuncular cop uncle bullshit advice (laughs) Uh. and it's just nice to see that and to see horn kind of check himself but yeah ultimately his his first thought what i meant to get to in the first place was when the fight started he was all mopey about losing three of the students and so when horn challenges him he's like oh shit are you leaving too yeah is this your goodbye fight are you just fighting me because you're gonna go I mean, I knew it was going to happen. That's the whole point of why I brought you here was to get you trained enough to go find your wife. <laughs> but now you're going to leave and I'm only have eight students. <laughs> I mean, I, I nine because I did uh, off. We did off camera replace uh, Kipteron with uh, Silgal. Yeah, we got a, a nice Mon Cal ambassador who has healing power. Yeah, uh, Silgal is is a, a relatively major amb- uh, Mon Cal character. And she's going to be important in the final chapter we're going to talk about today, which let's get to. The fight's good. It's cathartic. It gets Luke back off his dumb shit. But it also is like, hey, man, uh, you want to go do a thing about this, maybe? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know, man. Ooh, what can we All, do? Every time I, I have a vision about the future, it's everything sucks. And then when I try and make a decision about what to do about it, it doesn't change. And Corn's like, yeah, because 
making a decision isn't doing anything. Yes. You have to actually do stuff to change things. Furthermore, it's not enough to act yourself. There's like nine of us here. Use us. Quit acting like we're children. He's like, but you are children in the force. And I'm like, yeah, but we're also grown ass motherfucking adults. (laughs) No, No one here is a youngling. No one's like eight years old. We are all grown adults. Yeah. And sometimes you gotta let us get our hands dirty. And it doesn't have to be forced stuff. Just put us to actual work. Yeah, look, man, there's some shit going down, and you can go ahead and take the lead on it, mm-hmm. but let us do stuff, because if all we do is meditate all day and lift rocks, we are not going to learn how to be Jedi Knights. Yeah, so uh, he, his basic idea is, well, okay, obviously there's a dark side center of power somewhere that all these people keep ending up at, and then they get poisoned by Exar Kun, and we need to find that. And also, and- I, I definitely found it because... I've been going through the logs. Kip and Dorsk, who normally went out together, mm-hmm. and, you know, Kip would falsify his records because he didn't want to let anyone know where he was going, but Dorsk wouldn't, so I'm just comparing the two of their observation logs, finding the point where Kip was like, yes, and then we saw flowers, and that was it, and Dorsk went, and then there was a big <laughs> evil tree, and... <laughs> what I find amazing is that Dorsk never thought to talk about that with anyone else. You'd, you'd always come back like, well, we, we took yet another survey mission to the glowing purple temple, uh, where, where we split up. Yeah, and it's always... There's always fire there. There's... <laughs> bunch of what appear to be tree branches in the shape of hung jedi hanged jedi let's say hanged. <laughs> also hung jedi <laughs> a lot of lightsabers on display if you follow if you're if you're picking up what i'm putting down a lot of hanged jedi shaped branches I, but it's weird uh, what i found amusing was the info security failure on kip Duran's part he was like yeah i'll just lie in my journal they'll never suspect and you're like dude you've been going there with another guy this whole time <laughs> You realize he won't, right? <laughs> well, I mean... He, Kip Duran is an idiot. Kip Duran is a dumbass and grew up inside of a slave mine. Yeah. So his infosec is not exactly on point. <laughs> but yeah, they, they more or less have sussed out where uh, it, it happened. This is happening, where they're yeah. going to learn. Anyway, the next chapter opens with yet another one of those like full, fresh resets where we have no idea what the fuck happened. Because... Well, I'll just tell you because we're we're already pushing time on the episode. Kip came back. I'm just going to spoil this chapter. Kip pa- came back in the Z95 because the Sun Crusher was in Yavin, the moon of Yavin, or sorry, in the actual Yavin gas giant, and he's just like, "Fuck it, I can pull it out if I want." I'm I'm Kip Duran, motherfuckers. Oh yeah. So, so he and I'm the only person who fucking knows how to fly it as well. Yeah. Which is weird because it's just a regular ship. It just happens to have indestructible uh, skin. Plate. Yeah, yeah, it, but but in this book, it's all about how he's the only one who even knows how to fly it. But so he flies his, the Z ninety five back, beats the shit out of everybody in the temple, uh, or or uses the force to knock them all unconscious at the very least. Uh, sucks the Sun Crusher out of Yavin four and fucks off again. Yeah, and he destroys the panel of the Z ninety five because he's like, I used this to fly back, grab the Sun Crusher, destroyed the Z ninety five control panel so no one could follow me, mm-hmm. and then fucked off. Yes. And uh, along the way, did whatever he did to Luke was so severe that Luke is breathing and alive, but has no connection to the real world of the Force or anything anymore. Oh, yeah. They basically, he's like, oh, his spirit has essentially left his body. He's still breathing. He's still fine, living-wise, 
But there's no Luke in there. Yes. Now, this is our great first introduction to Silgal, the diplomat ambassador, because every the time... pedant asshole ambassador. <laughs> yeah. So, well, her whole deal is, uh, basically, Cornhorn comes up and he's like, well, that's Mara Jade Z95, which was stolen two days ago by Kip Duran, uh, or a week ago by Kip Duran. Obviously, he's come back and smashed the panel so we can't follow him. The worst case scenario is that he's hauled the uh, Sun Crusher yeah. out of... No one can feel him on the planet. He's probably not here anymore, Yeah, which... The only other way off planet, the only nearby-ish vehicle was the Sun Crusher, given that he destroyed the Z-95. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and follow the logic steps here and say he came back, destroyed the Z-95, took the Sun Crusher, and fucked off. And she's like, well, let's not rush to any judgments now. That could have been someone else that beat up Kip Duran, stole his Z-95, came back here, and is still here somewhere. (laughs) And he's like, that's dumb. Why would no one knows we're here but Kip Duran? Why would... What are you doing? He's like, well, you don't have solid proof. And he's like, yeah, I get it. No, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I mean, it's funny because on the one hand, I'm like, come on, Silgal, get with the program. This this one's pretty obvious. But in any other situation, they'd be like, yeah, what the fuck are you doing? You need solid forensic evidence before you arrest anyone, pig. <laughs> and Horn's just like, no, it was him. Let's send out an APB. <laughs> no, look, some Zeltron told me I could arrest this guy. <laughs> We had probable cause. <laughs> I'm serving a no-knock warrant. You know, just, I had probable cause. I'm probably going to cause this guy to go to jail. <laughs> I mean, in the one, in this situation, it is kind of an open and shut case. I mean, it's the same Z95. He flew to the same place on a planet that no one knows about. Yeah. And then left somehow. And the only person who could have done that is the same person who put the Sun Crusher in the, in the gas giant in the first place. Yeah. And at this point, of course... Corrin's like, all right, well, this is very fucked up. And if everyone else is super either angry or afraid because they're like, yeah, someone managed to fuck up Luke Skywalker. Yes. And it's funny because, I mean, every time she's like, hold on now, we don't have all the evidence. I'm like, okay, fine. You win. You're right. We don't have 100% evidence. But even on the off chance that the Sun Crusher is out of the gas giant, we need to alert the New Republic because that thing is better than all the Death Stars. Yeah, that thing is a doomsday weapon of ridiculous <laughs> proportion and it might be not 100 percent, but it might be in the hands of a dark side possessed chip on his shoulder teenager <laughs> so even if we say okay kipteron maybe didn't do this but i'm still gonna go call the new republic and be like hey there's a chance there's a there's a non-zero chance that maybe some crazy guy has a murder weapon maybe Deal with it, I guess. <laughs> oh, the other thing Silgal brought was information that Admiral Dallas showed up with those um, World Ravager Devastator weapons and fucked fu- up Mon Cal. Messed up Mon Calamari real bad. But in the mounted defense against it, they managed to take out one of Dallas' three Star Destroyers. Yeah. So she's down a Star Destroyer, and he's like, well, at least that's a good that's good news, I guess. Yeah. She's not as buff buff up as she used to be. She will get stronger later on, because she'll team up with Peleon, uh, Thrawn's number two. Hmm. Uh, but but for, for now, uh, she's, she's operating at a reduced capacity. Plus, she lost the World Devastators. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, so Horn's like, look, <laughs> I gotta go make a fucking phone call. Let's stop having this back and forth. Look, you, you haul him to to a space he'll be comfortable and do medical shit. You guys set up, I, I, Tion, I don't know, sing to him, whatever. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is basically, we need to keep going. 
Uh, it's not like we can leave the planet, so there's yeah. no reason to freak out that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should continue meditating and doing our exercises just to keep ourselves, you know, fresh and sharp. Yeah. We should have someone who's staying with Luke at all times, just in case anyone comes to try and fuck his shit up. And Silgal's like, well, there's no evidence anyone will try to kill him. He's like, fine, in case medical shit needs to happen. Yeah, luckily, I think it's like uh, Kirana Tai, who's like, he should oh, no, have a cam. It was a cam. Someone says he should have an honor guard. Yeah. Which I was like, yeah, that's fair. That's a good way to, to phrase that such that we don't have keep keep having arguments about whether or not there's a dark man. Yeah. And it's just like, OK, he gets to hang out here. You can sing to him. That's fine. Yeah. We'll have people stay with him so we can keep an eye on his health and whatever. Yeah. But uh, I got to go. Yeah. Make a couple phone calls. So he sets out to make a phone call. And where he when he gets there, he's not alone. R2's there. And R2's, like, bouncing back and forth on his tread thing. He's just doot-doot-doot. He's like, all right, all right, I get it, I get it. You can go hang out with Luke. Yeah, you don't need to be here. You can go just chill at Luke's side. And he's like, fucking woo! <laughs> Beepity-boop, motherfucker! Just takes off out the room. He he has, he has waits zero seconds. Yes. He's Luke's best friend. He doesn't he doesn't fuck around with these things. No. Uh, but this is a chance to finally reconnect to the Coruscant people, at least. So we get a call in to Tycho Selchu. Yep. And, uh, he tries to call Wedge, but no one's there. Yeah, Wedge isn't answering right now. Probably off on a mission. Probably somewhere. in some book. Uh, well, I mean, he's he shouldn't be on a mission. He should be doing that whole like construction foreman shit. Well, I mean, he from the Jedi he was series protecting what's or nuts. The oh, was he on winter bodyguard? Zux. Oh, that's right. He's he's escorting Zux around now. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's good. Thank you for reminding me. He's 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 playing out the bodyguard. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets Tycho on the line, and and uh, Tycho's like. Wait, shit, hey, really? dude, what's up, man? Hey, I wasn't expecting to hear from you until you were a full-fledged lightsaber guy, am I right? And he's like, yeah, shut the fuck up. Look, okay. <laughs> Look, dude, that's that's cool. I get it. But uh, the death of the universe might be out there. <laughs> so there's a pissed-off half-Sith teenager flying around in, oh, just a tiny little Death Star that blows up star systems instead of planets. Yeah. So I need you to, uh, I don't know, send out a surveillance team? Yeah. Notably, the Sun Crusher is a real pain in the ass to do anything about because in situations where people try the one thing you'd think would make sense to deal tractor with Tractor beams? Tractor beams. It always just reverses its engines and flies right into the ship of the tractor beam. Yeah. Because it's just like, I'm invincible. I'll fly right through you. Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> so the only way to really get it is to get it in like four or five tractor beams. Oh, yeah. Beams. I was like, you have to get a, several ships around, around it so that it. all of them are pulling at the same time. Yes. And then still, what do you do? I, hold I get, him there. Hold him there until and, the person inside starves to death. Yes. <laughs> that was literally the only thing I could think of was like, fine, if it's indestructible, you get four ships, pull them in four different directions. And as soon as he's like, well, I'll just, I'll try and do something You're like, no, you will sit in that fucking ship until you die. Even that you give it up that even that's not safe because the other thing he, that the sun crusher could do is just be like, fine, fine. I'm in five star uh, uh, tractor beams. I'll shoot the stupid missiles I make at the sun in this solar system. You'll all explode and I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, the Sun Crusher is a problem ship. It was a bad idea it was to a put a bad in, plan. Bad thing to put into Star Wars just in general. Yes. <laughs> and we know what he's gonna go do with it. He's gonna go he's gonna go blow the fuck out of Karita, the uh, the Imperial training star system. Sad. Yeah, bad times. Trillions will die. Uh-huh. And then he gets to be an X-Wing pilot later. Yeah, and then he... And, but don't worry, Luke's like, but it's okay. No, Luke... Th- I mean, we don't. We never read this story personally. We have it, But Luke basically marches in front of the, uh, the New Republic Council and is like, as the Jedi guy, I'm keeping him. And they're like, 
He killed trillions of people last week. And he's like, I can fix him. I'm a Jedi. Fuck off. And just leaves with him. And then later he's a new Republic X-Wing pilot. Yeah. It's one thing if you were like, yeah, and then he was a Jedi Knight. But to be like, and then the Republic was like, sure, you can be in our army again. We'll give you command of your own squadron. You can call it Kip's, I don't know, killers. What, what do you want to go by? What are you not going to sue us for libel over? Ah. <laughs> we have to say killers and not murderers. Uh, you want uh, Kip's genociders? Is that a, <laughs> that a good one for you? <laughs> oh, you know, we should probably put green in front of that. So it sounds like a cool team name. Green Kips Genociders? <laughs> yeah, green, no, Kips Green Genociders. Uh, so, anyway, to get back to the the point, uh, Tycho's like, great, yeah, I, I can mobilize Rogue Squadron. That's what I'm in charge of. Let me put you on the horn to Aaron Kraken. Well, he's like, yo, let me talk to Kraken. Is yeah, horn. Yeah. So Kraken is like, I heard you have important news for me, son. And he's like, yes, I do. Yeah, about that. Uh, we need a med team and we need a bunch of nonsense. And also, hey, you hear anything about Mirax? Yeah, I love that part. where He he does save it till the very end to ask about Mirax. But he's like, okay, here's what I need. You need to send a medevac and a survey team uh, because we got to figure out what the fuck happened. I need, I need a forensics team out here to investigate the Z95. Uh, med team for Luke. Uh, and then I also need a bunch of other stuff. Uh, specifically, I need 14 crates of like super. Oh, sorry. It was, I need enough explosives that I yeah. can take down something like, let's just throw in a, a, for example out there, the great temple of Yavin four. I need to blow up one of these fucking temple buildings. I'm just going to say it. Uh, and the reason I said 14 is cause he, he calls out the specific explosive he wants. It was like Nargon 14 or something, yes. uh, which Nargon is, that's not our first time seeing it. Yeah. I think it was in the, the zombie book that we read as well. Uh, anyway. Nargon, remember that. Yeah, so he's like, uh, but also, because I'm a paranoid motherfucker, I need you to not label the 14 cases of explosives as explosives. Put, like, I don't know, boring Jedi shit on the side of those cases. Put, like, uh, Kieran Halcyon's foot cream. <laughs> taint ointment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, what could it be? Because it taint ointment. <laughs> He's like, aren't people going to get suspicious that you need that much taint ointment? No. And he's like, no, I've spent the entire six weeks I've been here spreading rumors about how messed up my taint is. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> I plan ahead. <laughs> I'm playing 4D chess here. Uh, but Kraken's like, sure, great. You have everything you need. And then finally he's like, okay. And also, have you heard anything about Mirax? And Kraken's like, wow. Nice restraint on waiting until the end to ask me, and also no. No, nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. We're still looking. And he's like, great, I hope you find her, and I hope I find her too. All right, bye. Peace out. And we have reached the end of the chapters. Yes, indeed. That's the end of these chapters where two people have left, uh, Luke has left his body, mm -hmm. and- uh, We lost the holocron. No holocron. Things are- Kind of fucked up over at uh, Jedi Summer Camp, which is fun because you you know that's not where these book this book ends. No, he leaves to go do shit with uh with with Mirax. Yeah, we're not even halfway through at this point. It's a big book. We're gonna end up making fifteen, sixteen episodes out of this one. Well, I mean, considering, I would say probably the first half of this is like an entire two trilogies of books that get information in it. Yes. Yeah, I would love to see if there's more books that are going to get referenced as we keep making our way through here. Will this book last long enough that we have to hear about Hethrier? <laughs> no, <laughs> no one's going to care about Hethrier. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember books where the twins are about four, because that's where we're at right now. Uh huh. I, and it's not coming to mind in my head. It might be, uh, I don't know, Truce at Bacura, maybe one of those. Mm. Anyway, um, thank you so much for listening. As always, we're going to go make some bonus content. We're going to go find 
fun stories about Star Wars on Wikipedia to tell to each other and to you. That's at patreon.com slash system mastery at the $2 level. Why not check it out? That's right. We make good special content and it lets us keep doing what we're doing. Uh, and of course, if you want other ways to support us aside from just going to patreon.com slash system mastery, we have a book coming out. We do. We have a brand new book on the way. If you would like to learn how to make some of my favorite recipes uh, for over the years, or both of our favorite recipes, really, uh, we are making, or we just made. I have a copy in my hand right oh, here. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's already it's, out. It's it's well, no, well it's, not it's, out. It's, it is. It's in pre-order. Yes. Uh, it will it will become available for purchase. It's available for purchase now. It will be delivered to you on April the nineteenth. The Dungeon Meister Cookbook, our first cookbook. I can't believe I actually get, wrote even one of these things. Oh. If you want to learn how to make ba- bacon wrap dates or teriyaki pulled pork with uh, with Thai peanut slaw. Uh, then this is the book for you. It's under 20 bucks. It's on Amazon. It's on barnesandnoble.com, and it is called The Dungeon Meister Cookbook. Yep. Uh, I could not be more excited. It's coming soon. Go and pre-order it today so that they'll give us another one, because the last thing I want to do is stop writing cookbooks. <laughs> Makes a great gift. It does. Makes a great gift for yourself. Yeah, you got a nerd in your life, and you, in, and you know if you buy them any actual nerd equipment, like any 40K mar- armies or books or whatever, that you're just going to have gotten it wrong. They won't expect this. Oh, yeah. That's just related to nerd stuff, but also super cool and useful. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing. It's a- Instead of being like, hey, I got you some dice. And they're like, I have five million dice. Yes. Why would you do that? I don't like these colors. Yes. Get them the Dungeon Meister cookbook instead. And hopefully they'll learn to cook instead of eating Jack in the Box every single meal. <laughs> I won't. Please, please, buy our, <laughs> please buy our book. And, and as a promise, here's a bunch of insults. <laughs> Buy our book, you slobs. <laughs> Peons, buy my book. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a great way you can support us. Otherwise, go follow the Patreon. And as always, you can find us on Twitter. We're System Mastery. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again real, real soon. I've been Elan Sleazebagano. And there's not 100% definite evidence that I love death sticks. Death sticks.